0: You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed.
1: Time reports a United Nations study out this week finds domestic violence is one of the most common killers of women around the world. About 50,000 women were killed in 2017 by an intimate partner or relative. On average, that means about 137 women were killed every day by family members.
2: Paul Violis is a CBS News security consultant, an accomplished author, and a renowned global security and law enforcement expert. With over 35 years of experience, he's dedicated his life to finding solutions for the problems that keep you up at night. This is Security Matters with Paul Violis.
0: Welcome to Security Matters. I'm Paul Violis, and this is a CBS News radio production. Starting off, as always, I want to thank everybody for hitting us up on, on social media. Also, in all all the great emails that we got, a lot of comments on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, as always. I'm going to start off this morning by by reaching out, uh, reaching back out to uh, one of the folks that has made a big impact on our show. I'm talking about a young lady from Nashville, Tennessee. Um, You may remember Susan, Susan Roop. Um, We had her on with our hashtag AOK or Random Acts of Kindness, where we talked a little bit about some great things between her children, and, and she and something that happened in a Walmart. Well, Susan reached back out to us with a heartwarming story about an organization that her father-in-law, Daniel Roop, founded some five years ago. Um, everyone knows how I feel about our veterans and how much I love our country, as, as I know you do too. Uh, Daniel Roop started uh, something called The Shootout. The Shootout, in its fifth year, had an annual benefit for the Pennsylvania Wounded Warriors, uh, put on by Little Harbor, Lost Eight Hunt Clubs, and Larry's Creek Fish and Hunt Club in Lycoming County in north central Pennsylvania. Their goal, to raise funds to help Pennsylvania wounded warriors in their efforts to support the veterans. Their families, payments on mortgages, security deposit utilities, 96 cents on the dollar going to this group, to to Daniel Roop, You are a blessing. Thank you for doing this. There are so many people that appreciate it. And for all of us, they just had, and I just missed this, they just had their annual. I think it was on June 22nd. Now, um, they accept donations. And and what's important about us is remember is that all warriors, the people that, that fight, the men and women that fight to give us our freedom, oftentimes come back physically and psychologically impaired. And they need help. And we need to help them. Uh, and their families, and they need help. So for a group like this, big shout-out to The Shootout, and and thank you very much for what you guys are doing. I know that uh, we here will be making sure that we support you 100%. For those interested, www.theshootout-pennsylvania.org or call 570-560-4067. Ask for Kevin Bauer. And that is the way to donate to that group. Susan, thanks so much. And give, us, give everybody there um, a big round of applause and a big hug from all of us here at Security Matters. who are doing such a great job by helping our veterans. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we have a story about another American hero. That's right, another American hero. And as much as we celebrate it, as passionate as we are, it also almost you know, makes you feel somewhat more certainly, I wouldn't say sig- somewhat, I'd say significantly humbled by the fact that we still are dealing with this epidemic. The hero we're going to talk about today, the National Domestic Violence Hotline, and a hero in every sense of the word. And before we get to the National Domestic Violence Hotline, um, and its CEO, Katie Ray Jones, who's going to be joining us today, I want to give you a little benchmarking on this so that we're all on the same page. You know, we hear about domestic violence. We see it. It's in movies. It's It's on television. But for when it affects you, it is life-changing. It is absolutely life-changing. I'll tell you my story about this real quick. For those of you that didn't hear this once before, 40 years coming on 4-0, 40 years in law enforcement and government service for me. um, My first domestic violence call, I was just about to turn 20 years old, which means I knew next to nothing in the overall scheme of things. I came from a family where my father, old-fashioned guy, brought my brothers and I up in in a world where women were to be respected and revered, uh, the way you speak, the way you act. So the thought of raising a hand to a woman, the thought of disrespecting a woman, was so far off the norm that it was never discussed. My mom was revered as she should have been, God rest her soul, my father as well, But when I responded, and this is obviously almost 40 years ago, when I responded to my first domestic violence case, I didn't have a damn clue how to handle this. I was clueless. Now, also, law enforcement back then, 40 years ago, as when we get Katie on here in a minute, I'm sure she'll be the first one to tell you, back then we really didn't do any training and educating our cops about how to handle domestic violence victims. We failed miserably. I openly admit that. My first call, I went there. And we, it was a domestic call, and we locked the guy up. And the woman had a golf ball-sized knot over her eye. And I was just, you know, i the first time I saw this. I'd never seen a woman hit before. Not my neighborhood. Never. And I looked at her, and I said, why do you stay with him? Now, for those of you that are cringing right now, I don't blame you, because obviously the wrong thing to say, in essence, I'm blaming her. But I was an idiot. I openly admit that. I plead guilty to idiocy. But I was young and stupid, and I wasn't trained right. Now, what I learned from this woman and from others and and for many years now serving domestic violence victims is so much has to do with identifying what this woman, what this man, the victim, is dealing with and helping preemptively. So much has to do with that. What I did, entirely wrong. But learning from that, you learn how to do the right thing. So if you're not sure how to deal with it, that's okay. Because we have a group like the, Mes- the the National Domestic Violence Hotline that not only helps victims, but helps families. Established in 1996, headquartered in Austin, Texas, the, the National Domestic Violence Hotline is a staple in our community, is a godsend in so many ways, saving so many lives and repairing the lives of so many. Five hundred and seventy three thousand six hundred. And seventy contacts from people affected by domestic violence in 2018 alone. That's it's staggering when you think about the the numbers of domestic violence. Now, according to the National Intimate Partner and in Sexual Violence Survey, more than one in three women, more than one in four men in the U.S. report having experienced great physical violence and/or stalking by an intimate partner in their lifetime. I mean, stop that. Stop what you're doing right now, unless you're driving. Just pay attention to this. Think about that. That is crazy. Nearly 20 people per minute are physically abused by an intimate partner in the United States. Approximately 5 million children are exposed to domestic violence every year. Ladies and gentlemen, when I say that the National Domestic Violence Hotline is a true American hero, you know what? That's an understatement. Joining me this morning, it's Chief Executive Officer, I'm talking about Katie Ray Jones, who's the CEO of the National Domestic Violence Hotline. Prior to being named CEO to the hotline, Katie served as the president of the organization for three years, was also operations director. Currently, Katie is a member of the National National Task Force to End Domestic Violence and Sexual Violence. She's well known on Capitol Hill for her work on domestic violence prevention and was chosen by Congress to deliver testimony to the Labor, Health, and Human Services Appropriations Committee. She also serves as the treasurer on the board for directors for the National Resource Center on Domestic Violence. She is by far a godsend to our national community and someone that is leading the way in not only saving lives, but also repairing families. Katie, thanks so much for taking the time to join us today.
2: Oh, thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. Katie, I want to jump right into this, and I've got to ask you. So, brilliant career. First question, what was the impetus that took you down this road, this journey?
2: You know, I really feel like the issue found me um, when I was uh, training in my undergrad to, to be a marriage and family therapist. I kept encountering the issue of domestic violence regardless of where I was going. um, If I was working with youth who um, had gang affiliation, they came from families where there was domestic violence. When I worked with youth with substance abuse issues, they often came from homes where there was domestic violence. So I just felt like homelessness, wherever I was at, I just kept hearing about domestic violence, and I really felt like it was my life calling to dedicate my career to this issue.
0: Well, let me take you back to... May 8th at 4.32 p.m. Central Time, the National Domestic Violence Hotline received its five millionth call. Tell us about that.
2: Yeah, you know, it's really a bittersweet moment for us um, at the hotline, and we're incredibly proud of the work we do, the impact we have on so many lives. But at the same time, to know that we've served five million people in our 20-year history, is quite humbling um, and really grounds us in our need to continue to do more. So on that day, um, we received a call from a woman who was reaching out to actually get information and services for someone um, that she knew who was experiencing domestic violence, which is the beauty of the National Domestic Violence Hotline. We are not only here to serve uh, victims and survivors themselves, but family members, um, bystanders, we've had... Law enforcement officers call us in the midst of responding to a call. So we're really a resource for anyone who's being impacted by domestic violence.
0: So when we talk about, let's drill down on this, when we talk about the National Domestic Violence Hotline, now part of this, too, is to make sure that we use the incredible gift, the platform that we have here at Security Matters to be part of the CBS News Radio Network. So that that entitles us that allows us to have this great exposure this this reach right to 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 all these people. So I want to take advantage of that and for everyone out there that is either dealing with domestic violence or for a family member, for a friend that may believe right now that their 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 family member, their friend is going through this. One what can the National Domestic Violence Hotline actually offer? And two, what are some of the signs that victims and family friends of victims need to look for which should prompt a call to the hotline?
2: Yeah, it's a great, great question. Um so I think, you know, that there's a couple of things that are important to cover. You know, that we want people to know that no one needs to be in an abusive relationship alone. And given the statistics that you mentioned earlier with one in three women, one in four men, this is highly prevalent. So it's nearly impossible to be walking about the world and not knowing someone who's being impacted, um, whether it's someone in your family, a coworker the person who cuts your hair, the person checking you at the grocery store, you're definitely coming in contact with someone who's being impacted. And typically, they're suffering in silence. They're not talking about it. But as you know, every time there's a tragedy, we often hear family members come forward, the neighbors come forward, and they say, gosh, I knew something was wrong. And that's really where the National Domestic Violence Hotline wants to step in and be a resource and be helpful. Because... Domestic violence is preventable. And if we said that there was lead in every three cups of water, we would all stop and say, don't drink the water, and right. we would intervene. But that's not happening with this issue. We really want people to take a moment and visit our website and get educated on what those warning signs are. But to cover a few of them, typically, like, people often associate domestic violence with physical violence. But we'd like to get in front of that before there's physical violence. And many victims will tell you that there were signs before. Some of those being that um, their partner is extremely jealous. And jealousy is a natural emotion. And how someone reacts or um, responds to it is where we could see a red flag. So someone who's extremely jealous and begins to isolate someone by saying, you know, it might show up as love. I just want to spend more time with you. Um, Don't go out with your friends tonight. I want to spend more time with you don't go see your family and they begin to do this over and over again where then the victim begins to be isolated and maybe not socializing you may see someone begin to um, change their appearance they may um, seem more withdrawn they may uh, be like hypervigilant, vigilant um, jumpy um, you typically see behavioral changes in someone, and that's a good time to ask a question. Is everything okay? Um, you know, I really care about you. I want to make sure you're, you're feeling okay. That everything's going well. Those are often difficult conversations to have, and when you're dealing with uh, victims and survivors of domestic violence, you often find they don't leave the relationship right away. To your earlier point, Paul like, to ask someone why they're saying there's many reasons and it's often highly complicated and that's where the domestic violence hotline is a great resource to help unpack that and talk through what are the options available to that specific person
0: you know what Katie I look at this and, and um, I've had the privilege of working with with victims for now for almost 40 years uh, I, I've worked closely with the Attorney General's Office, which initiated out of Believe it or Not, of the state of Louisiana, about profiling the domestic violence batterer. Uh, so I've spent a lot of time with that. And one of the things that I find interesting when you talk about the controlling manipulation that the batterer will actually implement inside that, that relationship, what I find fascinating, and I'd love your position on this, is that oftentimes people find the batterer charming. Like, almost difficult to believe that he could be this monster. Do you see that as well?
2: Yeah, and, you know, it is the ultimate mind trip for a survivor because, to your point, they're often incredibly charismatic, great people um, in, in terms of how people are interacting with them. You know, back when I started in domestic violence, people doing domestic violence work, people often associated this with anger management issues. And right. we know that it's not about anger management issues because typically, um, abusive partners can hold jobs, they're highly functioning, um, they get along well with their colleagues, their co-workers, they don't typically have outbursts, but what they do have issues with our power and control, and they typically exert that over their partner, um, the romantic partner. And um, we, even on the power and control wheel, which you can find on our website, it even references this Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde mentality, that this person looks a certain way on the outside of the relationship, but behind closed doors, they're completely different. And so for the victim that really feels like they must be doing something wrong to create this behavior because this person is great with everybody else. But with me, they are um, angry. They're telling me I don't do anything right. They're constantly insulting me um, and perhaps even becoming physically abusive or sexually abusive.
0: Right. Now we know when you talk about abuse too, Katie, that, Emotional abuse is probably the highest ranking number as far as percentage wise goes, but followed by physical abuse, financial abuse, digital abuse, and sexual abuse. Um, Mm -hmm. As we look at this, though, and as the people, as, as our folks are listening right now, and we wind this down, a couple of things. If someone's listening right now that truly believes that they may in fact be a victim, or knows they're a victim, and just simply feels cornered and trapped and can't get out. What would be the message you would want that person to hear right now?
2: I would really want them to know that there is hope and that there are options, and no one deserves to be abused. Every person deserves to be treated with dignity and respect in a relationship, and that you should feel safe. If someone is telling you that they love you, you should be able to feel safe in that relationship and have um, differences, yes, but in a safe, thoughtful manner versus feeling intimidated, isolated, coerced, or manipulated.
0: And lastly is to family and friends. And I say this because from the law enforcement side, I can't tell you how many times that I um, sat down with people that were just distraught after a homicide that couldn't deal with the fact that they felt they should have done something they should have said something they should have gotten involved they were the should have should have should have I've heard it a million times I'm sure you have as well for the family or friends that are hesitating to engage that are hesitating to get involved what's your message to them
2: I would say call the hotline at 1-800-799-FACE and talk to an advocate about what you're seeing with your loved one and they can talk you through how to have that conversation in a way that feels the most comfortable for you because there are very tiny steps that you can take to really begin to create support for the survivor in the relationship and begin to give them options. I would also say be patient because this is a process you don't want it's to tell advice. the victim and survivor what they should be doing. You really want to let them make their own decisions and feel empowered. To make those decisions, regardless of what they are, but remaining non-judgmental, being that person that can be there, but also taking care of yourself in the process, which is a great place to continue to reach out to the hotline. And those advocates, our trained advocates, are amazing. They're so incredibly passionate about their jobs. They really just want to be able to walk you through how you can have this conversation safely um, to best support the victim and survivor.
0: Excellent. And for more information, for more options and resources to the hotline or how can people contact you?
2: They can call us at 1-800-799-SAFE, or you can visit our website, thehotline.org.
0: Okay, and give me that again, 800-799, what are the numbers?
2: 7233.
0: Okay, so we have 800-799-7233, or www.thehotline.org and they could also follow you on Facebook and Twitter, can they not? Instagram?
2: Yes, absolutely. We're on all social media platforms and on our website you also have the option to uh, do an online chat with an advocate if that's more private and safe for you to
0: engage. That's absolutely fantastic. Katie Ray Jones, Chief Executive Officer, National Domestic Violence Hotline. On behalf of everybody here at CBS's Security Matters, I can't thank you enough. Continued success and blessings on everything that you continue to do to, to save lives, to help people, and to repair families. So Katie Ray, to everybody there at the National Domestic Violence Hotline, tell them they got fans right here and people that are very grateful for everything you guys are doing.
2: Thank you so much. We really appreciate
0: this. And you're appreciated as well. You're listening to Security Matters with Paul Violas on CBS News radio. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we've got the safety chick coming up, Kathleen Gallagher herself, is going to talk about some of the uh, options and resources and training that she offers to help victims. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
1: How many of you didn't realize it was happening at first? I mean, if you had asked me at the time, my husband was beating me on a regular basis he had three guns that he kept loaded all the time he pulled them on me you know on a very regular basis and if you had asked me if I was a battered wife I would have said no I'm not I'm a strong smart independent woman who's in love with a troubled man and I became increasingly ashamed that i loved him and that my love was making me vulnerable and making me go back again and again Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until i became really convinced that he was going to kill me yeah that Uh i was able to leave a number of you feel like your abusers would have killed you he was going to kill me so there there was no doubt i knew it
0: Now, back to Security Matters with Paul Violis. Welcome back to Security Matters. I'm Paul Violas. And again, this is a CBS News radio production. Uh, that was, as I mentioned, Katie Ray Jones, Chief Executive Officer of the National Domestic Violence Hotline. Uh, what, what a great group of people, great group of professionals, the options and resources that they continue to offer, just hitting their 5 millionth person. That they've helped. And that's that's not to count the amount of lives that they've saved, the amount of families that they've repaired. Uh, no question about that. So our congratulations and continued success to Katie Ray Jones and to the National Domestic Violence Hotline. Again, 800-799-7233. That's the number that you need to call. Don't forget that. I'll be saying it again. Before we broke, uh, I was telling you that we have another person that we here at Security Matters, I know I do consider to be an American hero, someone that Um, has survived, I can't even begin to to categorize uh, what this particular woman has gone through, where she is today, how she dedicates her life, um, entirely how she dedicates her life, professionally and personally, pours it all in to helping victims all over the United States. She does this uh, on an individual basis, groups, uh, and, and, and corporations. She tours nationally. She is the founder of Safety Chick Enterprises. I'm talking about Kathleen Gallagher. Kathleen, thanks so much for joining us today.
3: Well, thank
0: you very much for having me. So Kathleen, when we look at this subject, I mean, clearly you'll forget more about this than I'll ever know. But from what I've seen, just from a law enforcement perspective, you know what? So much of this, so much of this can be identified early. So much of this is is, is how we prepare, how we educate. And I know this is what you and Safety Chick Enterprise is all about. So as we look at this subject in the totality of what our episode is about today, how would you start the conversation about some of the training and some of the education that you do? Obviously, there's a lot, so we can't get into all of it, but how would you categorize what the, what the areas of importance are in that um, and just how much preemptive measures are important, just how important they are in, in really mitigating the, the harm and the ultimate threat of domestic violence?
3: Well, the key is, you know, for me, I started my company, you know, 20 years ago. And the, the whole premise, because, you know, I was a stalking victim and, and had to learn every aspect of personal safety to stay alive and was ultimately kidnapped, right? So, you know, the, the premise to everything is getting people to care about their personal safety, to make it a lifestyle choice. I mean, my whole passion and mission is to give people the tools, the knowledge and the power to actually be in control of your personal safety. So what I, you know, I, I, I'm, you know, I feel two ways about the uptick, you know, in the 2018, um, you know, stats of the domestic violence hotline and just the staggering number of victims, right? And, and, but the encouraging part to all of that is that people are actually taking steps to get help. I mean, that that excites me. I mean, that makes me happy that, you know, for whatever reason, and I believe it's because of media exposure and 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 education. And that's what I'm all about is educating people to recognize exactly that the signs early to get out, because once it turns into a violent situation, it's you know, it it is difficult. It is it is so dangerous and volatile and difficult. Not just for you, the victim, but to everyone around you, your children, your family, people trying to help. So, you know, nipping this in the bud and really learning the signs and having respect for yourself and caring about your personal safety and being responsible for your personal safety is where it all starts.
0: I want to drill down on that for a second, Kathleen, because one of the many things I've learned from you over the years is the wide range of age. Of the victims and I know that you work with young ladies from junior high school to adults is that correct right okay so let's categorize that though all right so your message to parents let's start with safety chicks message to parents right now what's your message to parents
3: well is to get to start the dialogue at a very young age with their children about safety not in an erotic and paranoid way, but in a very matter-of-fact discussion because there are so many resources out there. You know, again, I say knowledge is power, right? So there are so many studies. There are so many different, you know, um, reports out there and statistics of things. And so, you know, talking with your children early and really educating them on different scenarios, on different, you know, um, situations, situational awareness, all of it, you know, really truly making it a lifestyle is where it all begins and so the sooner you can get to you know the children the better and my thing is you know these these adolescent girls i mean i try to give them street smarts before they have to learn it the hard way
0: now one of the things too when you talk about children talking about and i'm you know, I'm supposed to say like young adults now, I'm like whatever. Freaking, if you're not supporting yourself <laughs> financially, you're a freaking child. but I don't even get into that. <laughs> Children itself, okay. right? I've seen you reach out to kids, and, and and note to parents here. I've Kathleen, I've seen you reach out to kids, teenage girls that are in thirteen-year-olds that are involved in domestic violence situations that are getting physically and emotionally abused by their boyfriends. Tell me about that real quick.
3: Well, you know, it's a combination, again, of the social media and the way kids are taught or not taught how to socialize, how to, um, you know, communicate with each other. The the way that, that these young kids, young adolescents, are learning to communicate via texting via snapchat is a whole different thing that is really causing problems within their age groups right because you know the sexual assault the, the bullying all of it it's just we're in a different time here with social media and giving these kids the tools fundamentally to communicate with each other in an open and honest way and you know that's why the, the only thing that's going to help that is the one-on-one communication and education for these kids to teach them how to communicate their likes and dislikes and boundaries and all of that. And so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's where, again, I just go back to where it all starts is with real grassroots education and, and empowerment.
0: And this, this, is, this is pertaining to this, this younger group. It pertains to, I know you do a lot of work. Uh, You're the author of College Safety 101. I mean, you do a lot of work with college students in this. You can do a lot of work with adults in this as well. I mean, this is a a huge subject. It's a moving target, very fluid conversation. But clearly, as one of our country's true national experts on this, um, how can people learn more about what your message is? Um, how can parents or people or victims or family members or friends that are listening right now, how can they learn more about Safety Chick Enterprises, about Kathleen Gallagher, about training, education, products, everything? Uh, how can we learn more about that?
3: Well, I, uh, safetychick.com. Um, everything is on there, tons of resources. You can contact me through there. Um, you know, I have Safety Chick tips. There's blogs. There's step-by-step. I just wrote a blog um, last week on how to get out of a dangerous situation before it turns violent. I have step-by-step tips in there to follow. And, and again, you know, reach out to me. It's, you know, just through the contact page, there's tons of information on there. um, And I'm, you know, always willing to help get somebody, um, you know, resources or whatever they need.
0: And that's safetycheck.com. Correct. Okay. Um, I will tell you this. For everybody listening, Kathleen, I have seen her work, um, her magic in situations with clients of mine for for many, many years right now. Uh, so In addition to being a TV and radio personality, her primary function in this world is to help victims. That's what she does, and she's exceptional at it. If If you have a family member, if you have a friend, if you yourself is going through the situation, if you feel you're being stalked, if you're in that type of situation where you need information i can tell you unequivocally and if everyone i've worked with there's no better source so safetycheck.com hit kathleen gallagher up so safety check herself kathleen thanks so much for taking the time to join us today really appreciate it
3: i really appreciate it i appreciate it thanks so much for having me
0: on so you're listening to security (laughs) matters with paul violas again a cbs news radio production we're going to take a quick break when we come back I'm going to wrap this up for you. Stay with me.
1: Some of the myths that the general public tends to believe about domestic violence is that the first time there was any kind of abuse that occurred, the victim would immediately tell somebody or immediately pick up the phone and call 911. There's a high degree of shame that's associated with domestic violence, um, a a desire to keep uh, things private, to not allow the outside public or friends or family to know about what's going on within the relationship. And there's a fear that they may not be believed. That's a common question that we get asked frequently about domestic violence victims is is why doesn't she just leave? One reason is uh, they they really believe a a perpetrator may say, I'm going to get help. I'm going to go to counseling. I'm going to do whatever it is that you want me to do. A, a victim really believes those things. And so she hopes and believes that the perpetrator really is going to change and is going to get better. But the number one reason that, that victims frequently don't leave relationships is because of fear.
0: Now, back to Security Matters with Paul Violis. Welcome back to Security Matters. I'm Paul Violis And as we wrap up for today, uh, I want to leave you with, with this one thought. I, I really can't improve on an, anything that uh, Katie Ray-Jones, CEO from the National Domestic Violence Hotline, or Kathleen Gallagher, founder of Safety Chick Enterprises, shared, shared with you today. I can't improve on that. But what I will say is this. Um, coming on my 40th year in public service, I will tell you that unequivocally I've worked with far more victims than, than you, I, I can remember Um, it is a life-changing thing. I've also worked with family members and friends that are almost as deeply affected, and in some cases, believe it or not, as deeply affected by this horrible crime. Um, My message to the batterers, you know what, you're weak, you're insignificant, and you're a coward. That's my message. You are nothing. If you're a victim or a family member, remember that, because that's who they are. Don't empower them. There are options and resources available to you today through groups all over the country, but through the National Domestic Violence Hotline, you can reach 800-799-7233 or www.thehotline.org. For everybody out there that needs help, this is a phenomenal source. And if you want to get more information about the variety of educational tools and solutions that are available. Safety Check Enterprises, go to safetycheck.com. Two great resources. The fact that we are dealing with the volume of crime perpetrated against victims in this area is, is appalling, to say the least. It's 2019, and to say that We shouldn't be saying one in three women and one in four men. Uh, It goes without saying. But we can do something about it. We can continue down this road. And you do not have to be victimized, and no one deserves it. Remember, hit the the National Domestic Violence Hotline up. Call them. Um, There are resources and options available to you, to your friends, and to your family. Please, I beseech you, take them. Don't let this go any further than it has to. On behalf of everybody here at Security Matters, I want to thank you very much for listening. Remember, you can go to cbsaudio.com slash podcast. Check out some of the great podcasts there by CBS. Uh, and for us, take a minute if you can. Hit us up on social media. Leave us a review. We'd love to get a review. Go to cbsaudio.com slash podcast. Go to the Security Matters page and leave us a review. Your thoughts, imperative. On behalf of everybody here, have a great week. Be safe, be well. God bless. Thanks for listening to Security Matters with Paul Violis. The podcast is produced by Seth Nyman and CBS News Radio. For more podcasts from CBS News, visit CBSAudio.com slash podcasts.
1: Have you ever wondered how to say good morning in Italian? Or what is goodbye in French? You can ask Alexa. Just say, what is happy birthday in German? Or how do you say hello in Japanese? Do you want to know how to say I love you in Spanish? Ask Alexa and start learning a new language today.